Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We're now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for critical thinking. You know, Pat, you know who can use some critical thinking? I, I just thought of this. We had this discussion off air. Um, customer service reps. They could really use some critical thinking and listening skills these days. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into it today because the story is a little bit too long. Um, But um, yeah, maybe I'll tell the full story another time. But at 11 o'clock at night, making small talk while. um, While trying to troubleshoot an issue, probably not the best route to go as a customer service rep. I have a question, though. Why are you dealing with the customer service rep at 11 o'clock at night? Well, you see, when um, the DVR, yeah, when when my wife wants to record all of her Christmas movies on Great American Family. Are you freaking? This is what this was about? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the DVR, by the way, nothing after Friday. So two days from now at the time, right? Nothing uh-huh. after Friday shows up in, in the scheduled section of the DVR. Think that's a problem, Pat? That a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially when my wife is obsessed with the Great American Christmas. Um, is and your frankly, wife it's way better than Hallmark, but hey, that's, that's just me. Okay, well, I mean, I guess at least there's that, but is your wife one of those people that Christmas is a season, Thanksgiving is a day? No. No. Type people. Okay. Nope. So then 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 I'm just curious. Why is she recording Christmas stuff now? So that we can watch all 18 of those movies at some point in time. <clears throat> also, those movies started in October, Pat. So yeah. Now, with that having been said, uh, we have a lot to get into today. We're gonna talk about boyhood not being a mental disorder. But before we get into that. 
we're going to talk about Ron DeSantis, his prospects, what's going down, what went down, some theories, some thoughts, um, because it's very clear that he's the big time winner from the 2022 elections. It's not, you know, people talk about, well, the, the Democrats. Okay, but the Democrats don't, they didn't win. They just didn't lose by as much as people thought they were going to lose by. Right. That That's like, you know, for me, Pat, it would be like, well, at least the Green Bay Packers didn't lose by 50 to Kansas City. I, I thought they were going to lose be, by like four touchdowns. Lost. I think they lost by two. They, they played what? That's not how that works. That's not how any no. of that works. You play to win. Right. And you still lost. Okay. And you lost when you had the most favorable part of the senatorial, like, little four-year section there, right? So in 2024, you have a really unfavorable amount of seats to to worry about. You, you actually lost power, potentially. It's probably close to 50-50, if not 51-49 in that direction. Technically, it's 51-48-1 because Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat. Right. He just caucuses oh. with them. By the way, uh, Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker are in a runoff. Mm-hmm. That's why I said it could be 51. We don't know how the results of right. that. It's at least 50-50 at this point. Um, yeah, we still have the Cary Lake situation. Um, I haven't looked that up. I should probably do so. Um, the, the, the last I checked, I mean, I mean, there's still issues with Maricopa County. Shocker. So it's not over. Totally, totally shocked. No, I'm not. Nope. No, 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 no one should be shocked over that. I mean, surprise, surprise that you have issues in Arizona again. With 70% of the vote in, um, Katie Hobbs is up by <clears throat> a total of 13,000 votes. We also have a, I think the closest race I have ever, ever seen in Congress, by the way, Pat, to update people on, Lauren, Bo- Lauren Borbear, Bobear, uh from Colorado. All right. One of the kind of own the lib type candidates that won in 2020. Right. She is trailing by a total of 13 votes as as of this morning. (laughs) Only 13 votes. 13 votes in a county in which there's at least 300,000 of them. So again, folks, I, I tell you this all the time. Even if you live in a place like I do in Illinois, there are races, there are things that can affect your life that have your vote mattering a lot to them. 13, 13 people. You think that matters? You think your vote doesn't matter? That's an interesting and bold strategy given that, given that piece of information. So I would consider your vote very important in those types of situations. So we'll see what's up um, when it comes to that. Um, yeah, there's just a lot going on. Uh, but obviously the big winner, Ron DeSantis, right, Pat? Right, right. And he won all but five counties in the entire state. There's 67 counties. He won 62 of them, Pat. That is Reagan-esque in my viewpoint, okay? Reagan winning all but, what, two states, I think it was? Minnesota and... and New York, was it, when he got elected in 1980? Or was it 84, I mean? 
either one of those elections. He absolutely crushed it out of the park. See you later. Gone. Even Illinois went to him, right? That's that level of ass kickery that went on on Tuesday night. And we briefly kind of tossed around the question, right, Pat, of can he go and take this coalition that he put together in Florida because it's the coalition that worked there and understand how to make that coalition work on a broader scale. Before we get there, though, it is very clear that one thing has to happen within the next six months. That either Ron DeSantis is your front runner or Donald Trump is, if you're the if you're the Republican Party. One of those two has to be that front runner. And here's why I say that. Because if you go into 2024 with these two fighting each other, Democrats win. Why? Because Democrats don't have that fight in front of them. And most importantly, if it's Ron DeSantis that comes out of a slugfest and wins, is he a damaged candidate? Potentially. But if he loses, where's your bench? You don't right? have one. You don't, you have, don't have one. one. So I'm looking at this from the perspective of let's have at it. We'll see if Donald Trump does what I think he will do and, and come over the top rope. Uh, on the 15th of November, make a announcement that he's running for president again, which is the worst kept secret ever. Um, Or if he'll do the smart thing and wait until after the Georgia election to allow the oxygen not to get sucked out of that room and to allow for people to potentially get Herschel Walker over that finish line. As, as flawed of a human being as he is, as flawed of a candidate as he is, as much as I don't trust him, gaining both places, gaining both the House and the Senate is important because over the next two years, we at least minimize the damage that can be done by the left in terms of legislation. Right. That, that's the reality. And then we can deal with, let's primary Herschel Walker six years from now. But, so Pat, I, I look at this from the perspective of that fight having to happen, right? right. It's going to happen. The sooner it happens, the better off it is for the chance of reconciliation, if you will, or or people to get behind the candidate. Because I think if you go into 2024, I just don't know that that it works. I don't think we need to go through a massive primary. I, I really don't. I don't think that is helpful. It is not as if, let's put it this way. It's either we're going to stay with the status quo and that means Donald Trump, or mm. we're going to hit the reset button and that means Ron DeSantis. Well, I, I kind of talked about this a little bit on Twitter last night of, of how if if you're going to go with Ron DeSantis, the GOP needs to start distancing themselves from, from Trump now and going more that DeSantis route. But but here's I, I was as I, you were saying that I was thinking about this a little bit more. Can you see Donald Trump in a primary with Ron DeSantis ever bowing out of that primary? Can you can you see that happening? Because I can't. 
No, I can't either, and here's why. Because of his ego, right? He is a narcissist. Right. That's that, who that's he is, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no way he bows out if he gets in. But if the American people, if the GOP make the GOP voter, right? If they make right. it very clear in the first six months of 2023 that they want nothing to do with Donald Trump, he's not going to have a choice. He can sit there and do whatever, but he can become irrelevant in the background, right? He can just become that annoying flea or that annoying, you know, fly that buzzes around your head. That's fine. But either he is relevant or he is irrelevant. And my my thought is that he's never not relevant, right? Right. But how do you make him irrelevant? You make him irrelevant by saying, no, we just... No, we don't care about you. We're not going to attend rallies. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. Leave the MAGA Forever crowd to themselves. Let that happen. But watch his watch the potential for his crowds to go from 10,000 to 5,000 to 2,500. Because here's how Ron DeSantis can make the coalition that he got together, which let's be clear, he crushed it with Hispanics. He got a very high percentage for a Republican of the black vote. He turned out the base in huge numbers. He got 1.5 million less votes, right? Donald Trump wanted to point this out yesterday. 1.5 million less votes than Donald Trump did in 2020. Okay. It's a um, midterm. It's a midterm election. If you were to put the amount of people that voted, right? And let's say yeah. all things stay equal it, from the 2022 election. If you put the 2020 election into that, if you put the amount of people, Ron DeSantis wins by like, Ron DeSantis goes over the top of Donald Trump in terms of his vote total. So I don't think that's the message that Donald Trump wants to send. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but. My point is this. He got, what, five, almost six million votes, something like that. So yeah, and in, like and that. in a midterm election that had, other than his race, had nothing really of consequence to it in Florida. But here's how he puts this coalition together. It's not just the demographics, okay? It's his results. He has, we talked about this, right? He has taken some steps to take on the administrative state already, right? We have talked about his um, ability to cut some of the red tape when it comes to licensures, professional licensing, right? Some of the insane stuff like uh, braiding your hair, you have to have a license for. Why? W what the hell? Um, the cross-state licensures, right? If you're licensed in another state, there he works hard to get certain, certain, like, I think it's, nurses lawyers or something like that um your license is good now in illinois or good in if it was in illinois it's good in florida right he eliminated some of the red tape and the insanity around some of the administrative state already but his biggest result came in the aftermath of the thing that's right in front of the people of florida hurricane ian right and by the way mm -hmm. those that are dealing with the uh, tropical storm slash hurricane because it was a hurricane when it made landfall 
Um, we feel we feel for you. Hopefully, Orlando and Jacksonville, that area is going to be all right. Um, having said that, though, Pat, I, I look at he he has the receipts. Look at what they did and what he allowed the people of Sanibel Island to do. Right, rebuilding the causeway in like two point two seconds, and oh by the way, passing the structural engineering needed to to make that a permanent thing. They did the quick thing and then gave the base to do the permanent thing. The amount of time that it took to restore power and do all the things that needed to be done at the very foundational level after Hurricane Ian. You know, we talked to my brother about how the line trucks were lined up, right? They were ready to go the second that they were needed. And they were lined up on the border with Florida. They were lined up inside florida they were ready to rock and roll and within days now there was devastation there was death there was all of that right that's it that's part of a natural disaster but we didn't see and we haven't heard anybody talking about issues in florida right after the hurricane and you know damn well the democratic media the mainstream Democratic media would have eaten up every single story, highlighted every single story of failure of Ron DeSantis, if that were true. Which they couldn't because he didn't fail. Right. He showed how to lead in a very strong way. He showed receipts of how to lead, how to take care of disaster, right? He also has done the cultural war, right? We see what he did to Disney. He's just like, oh, you want to play that game? Bye-bye. See you later. And we talked about how I, I'm a little murky on if that was the right move or not in terms of the taxpayer because the burden of, the burden is really shifting um, when it comes to that now. But it's not just that. It is you know, protecting children in schools and saying, hey, I don't care what you want to do in your own home. You want to trans your own kid in home? At your home, you want to bring a drag queen to your home and sexualize your kid? I mean, have at it, Hoss, right? But we're not going to do that in school. We're not going to allow you to do these things in things that we have control over. If you want to read your kid that crazy trans book, right, To as a bedtime story, I can't stop you from doing that. But what I can do is stop for kids from being forced to have to see that in school at at second grade, first grade, third grade, fourth grade, right? I can do that. So the coalition that I speak of when it comes to Ron DeSantis is really about three things. One, it's the demographics, right? He is able to speak to the all sets of population in his state. Can that be replicated on a more national level? I don't know. Because when we take a look at the county by county information in the state of Texas, okay, Pat, all of the border counties, with the exception of one of them, still went blue this time around. What do you do with that? And, and, and here's where I go with can I'm not sure that he can replicate this on a national level. Because what I take a look at in the 2022 election, I see some of the most batshit crazy things I've ever seen in my entire life. 
for instance, we don't see really strong performers in certain states carrying that same tune with other people down ticket or up the ticket. A great example of this, Ron Johnson's going to win in, in Wisconsin, right? He's winning by like two points, I want to say right now. Let me check the uh, results as I got them up here in the New York Times. Um, give me one second. Yeah, Ron Johnson's going to win by about 30,000 votes as of right now with over 95% of the vote in, Okay. But if I were to go to the governor's race in Wisconsin, right, you got 1.334 million, okay? If I'm going down that direction, let me just grab that for you. Tony Evers, now, yes, he is the incumbent, but he's a Democrat, is going to win by four points with 1.355 million votes. What? You voted for Ron Johnson? But then also turned around and voted for Tony Evers. At least 30,000 of you did that. What? Or, more importantly, maybe 30,000 of you didn't vote in the governor's race. Except for the totals are 2.64, so it's 2.65 in that race, right? And then I look back at the Senate race in Wisconsin. And what do we have for the vote total there, Pat? As soon as uh, this loads back up. Let us take a, a look at this. We are at 2.64. So 2.648 to 2.641 million. I, I mean, you're splitting hairs at that point. You're talking about 7,000 people that didn't vote in the in the Senate race that voted in the governor's race. Hmm. What? How do you say that I'm going to vote for Ron Johnson and then vote for the values of Tony Evers, right? How? Right. You're on the border of Texas, right? You're a county that's on the border of Texas, and you see every single day the devastation to your community of the illegal immigration situation, the, the migrants that are stuck on your border in your border county. <coughs> and you still support the people who are creating the problem. What? And I'm talking about all of those border counties, not uh, on the governor's race, okay? In the state of Texas. All of them, with the exception of one, went another way. All of those border congressional districts, except for one or two, two, I think, went to blue. How do you how do you explain that, right? How do you explain that given those situations and we but then you look at the governor's race, right? And then you look at all these other things that happen all across this country, right? Lee Zeldin. In in uh New York, he got what, 45-ish percent of the vote? Way better than people thought probably 3 weeks ago that he was going to do, right? Right. But but by performing that direction, he got four new members of Congress in the GOP. The GOP picked up four seats in New York, flipping the DCCC, by the way, the Democratic 
uh, congressional campaign chair, got his ass kicked. Also, by the way, the Republican <laughs> congressional uh, chairman, uh, campaign chairman, lost his election too, which is ironic. Uh, again, another part of this wonkiness of this election cycle, right? Right. We were supposed to look at Virginia's uh, 2, 7, and 10 congressional districts, right? As the bellwether. They only got two. I don't know if they got seven. They sure as hell lost in 10, which was unbelievable because um, I think his name is Chow, uh, Hung Chow. An amazing story. He's uh, His parents and himself were Vietnamese um, refugees into uh -huh. America. And he um, the, the story is, is absolutely phenomenal. He's a really fantastic candidate. Um, and I think he's actually got a kind of a really bright future. Probably is going to run again. They'll just be able to give him a higher profile as he runs again. But all that notwithstanding, right, that was supposed to be that bellwether moment and allow us to understand whatever, except for it was actually New York. Can Ron DeSantis understand the machinations of the of how to coal to build that coalition needed to win a state like maybe a Virginia to win in places that need to be won in order for him to become the president of the United States. How do you how do you win in a state like Wisconsin, right? What we've talked about the formula that exists and and people know it. But what I'm talking about is how do you build a coalition that overcomes I vote for Ron Johnson and then turn around and vote for Tony Evers? How do you reach those people? How do you build a coalition? Because you have to win Wisconsin, basically, to win, right. the, win the presidency going forward. How do you do that in Arizona? How do you do that in potentially Colorado, which seems to be bluer and bluer as every election over the last decade goes on, right? Right. How do you win Georgia? Will, will Georgians ever vote for a Floridian? Those uh, rivalries run deep. Right. My my point is that I'm not sure that how he wins in Florida can be how you win nationally. I will say this though, I think he gets how to fundamentally play the game when it comes to demographics, right? So that's number one. Number two. Can he bring receipts? Yes. Yes, he can, right? Oh, and he has. He has already brought them. And he has a record that stands up to Donald Trump, by the way. Not just stands out from Donald Trump, but stood up to Donald Trump and the federal government. And guess who was right? You want to you wanna talk about having COVID policy out? There's the fight. And Donald Trump is going to lose that fight seven ways from Sunday. When it comes to him and Ron DeSantis, because Ron DeSantis can bring the scientific, the data, and the personal receipts on that. Okay, so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know how to build the coalitions nationally. You have to know how to bring receipts, and then thirdly, can we trust that you're going to take the administrative state on? Because ultimately, would it matter if you just replace Joe Biden with a with a Mike DeWine or? A Kevin McCarthy or a Mitch McConnell type, right? Good old ditch. No. 
And in fact, um, Tucker Carlson last night played the tape. Kevin McCarthy was talking about helping the Democrats. What do you do with that? This is supposedly somebody who wants to be Speaker of the House. Well, and, he's already and, announced and run the, the Republican Party in the House going forward. He's already announced his intentions for that. Right. Somebody else needs to run. That's all I got to tell you for Speaker of the House. Somebody else has got to take his ass on. Um, Roy. I don't No, You don't want him as Speaker of the House. You want him in the fight. Okay. Well, fair enough. So you yeah. want somebody like Chip Roy, some, but somebody who <clears throat> can't be corrupted like Paul Ryan was. Because Paul Ryan was a fighter, right? Right. First and foremost, <clears throat> a policy wonk also, but really got the nuts and bolts of how to budget and then got corrupted as he became Speaker of the House. So who's the uncorruptible there? But that's not my point. My point being that those, the third thing is you have to be able to take the administrative state on. Mm. And what do we know about that? We already know that he has some receipts there. But what did he tell the people of Florida? His number one goal after winning this election is going to be taking on the administrative state in the state of Florida. And, and making sure that the the disease that is wokeism, if you will, is is as eradicated as possible from a public off official perspective. If you want to be that in your private life, great. If you whatever, I'm not going to stop you from that, right? But as I don't think, any, I don't think anyone would. As a as an officer of the state, right? Mm. We're not going there. We're not doing that. And your personal politics, whether it's left or right, by the way, are not going to become our policies <clears throat> or how we handle <clears throat> the administration of our policies anymore. Excuse my, uh, my throat. I've been talking almost nonstop for three days now. Yeah. Jeez, Andrew. That happened. So all of that, right? Yeah. For me paints a perfect candidate to take Donald Trump on because Okay, well, Donald Trump, I tried with the VA. I tried, I tried, but you failed. And also, the administrative state <clears throat> is exactly what you used to lock us down, to 15 days to flatten the curve, to believe in Fauci and Burks, and that's all I have to do if I'm <clears throat> if I'm Ron DeSantis, right? Mm. Oh, you, you mean like um, allowing... A 40-year career person like Anthony Fauci to run your COVID response. Oh, you mean like Deborah Burks? Oh, you mean like the how did the FBI work out under you? You know, you, did you clean house in the FBI? Did you clean house in the Department of Justice? Did you do anything other than work on bits and pieces of the V? Oh, you blame all the structural red tape in the unions. Ah, oh, here's how we do this, right? Here's here's my plan to lay this out. Here's exactly what I'm going to do, and I dare you to stop me. <clears throat> who uh, who uh, has who has that fight? So let's have that fight in 2023, early on in 2023. Let's have that fight. And whether Ron DeSantis declares for the election or not, <clears throat> doesn't matter to me at that point. You knock Donald Trump down a peg or 10, 
And we also know that Donald Trump is worried about Ron DeSantis right now, Pat. Why? Because he is taking personal pot shots at the man. Well, he's his biggest threat. He's threatened. He, <clears throat> he's the fact that he's doing it now. Mm-hmm. He's already threatened by Ron DeSantis. Oh, I know. He cowardly already has decided to take on the manhood of Ron DeSantis, saying that Casey DeSantis is the real governor, right? What? So you're going to take pot shots. This is the part of Donald Trump that people don't like at all. It's part that I hate. But you're really going to go after a cancer survivor for what? For being a strong wife to a strong leader? I was going to say, her story is incredible, by the way. Yeah, her story is great. So is Melania's story, by the way. Melania is smart. She's Mm -hmm. attractive. She's all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. And as somebody pointed out, I forgot who it was. Notice how Donald Trump surrounds himself with kind of meh men, right? And then kind of wow females. And what do I mean by that? I mean that the men that are around him are mentally weak for the most part. Mm -hmm. They're, They're not strong leaders. They're not alpha men. The females that are in his life are alpha females. Ivanka is an alpha. Yeah. Right? Melania is an alpha female. Absolutely freaking lutely is. All of the women, Kaylee McEnany, right? You, you can go on and on and on and on. And all the people, you look at the inner circle of Donald Trump's life and the inner circle of what he did when he was president. Really? Millie-mouthed men and really strong women. It's an interesting combo. And why does that exist? Well, because he believes that as the alpha of the alphas, right, he can control everything then. He can control the alpha women and then make sure that he controls the the, the beta men in his life. It's reality. Guess who's not either one of those? Ron DeSantis and Casey DeSantis. Right. It's you're going to take on somebody who literally what has cancer or had cancer survived. We, you know, God forbid if it ever comes back, that's who you're what? I don't, I don't understand it. So when I look at the candidacy of Ron DeSantis here in this deep dive Thursday, I have two of the three things that I think two of the three pieces to the puzzle are there for me. The third piece of that puzzle is that coalition building. Can he take that Hispanic support in Florida and and turn it into something more national? Here's how I think he does that. It's that cultural war, right? It's that understanding of the issues. It is people believing in his authenticity, And that's at the end of the day, what's going to win is, and that's really the lesson I think we learned in this election cycle. Candidates that were authentic won. John Fetterman, for all of his BS and all the things that happened uh, with his stroke and stuff, prior to that, he was a pretty authentic candidate. Now, he tried to hide some of that later on in in the, for fear of, of losing, right? Right. But then let's take a look. 
Tony Evers is about as authentic as it gets. He is absolutely Skeletor in real life form. Like he is that kind of evil. J.P. Pritzker, not authentic. He wins. J.D. Vance in in Ohio crushed it, right? Beat the shit out of Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan was about as inauthentic as you could possibly get. Votes 100% of the time lockstep with Joe Biden and then says that he doesn't support Joe Biden. And then attempts to show us how, how uh, down with, you know, um, the guns in the Bible he is. Oops. J.D. Vance is who he is. He wins. You know, you look at Colorado, right? Michael Bennett is who he is. Won that Senate race. You can go across the country and see what's up. And in, in the the races that were kind of tight, right? The ones that we were all watching, it's kind of the authentic candidate that won. With the exception, I think, of the governor's races in Michigan and New York. That's it. Mm. Lee Zeldin loses, but are, is he ever going to win? Because the people who he could have attracted to vote for him already ditched the state. Right? Right. His pool of potential voters shrunk over the last couple of years. Not not got better. The authentic authenticity of Ron DeSantis will beat the narcissism of Donald Trump every day, all day, and twice on Sunday. That's just the reality of the situation. It doesn't even matter what the issue is. Because you notice who what Ron DeSantis has not done, Pat? Has he talked about Donald Trump one once? No, no. Yeah, he hasn't mentioned it. The, the words Donald Trump have not left his mouth. That's a disciplined politician. Why? Why? Why do I need to acknowledge? Let him hang himself, so to speak. Right? Let him. Let him. It, it, it's like the the bully that you ignore, right? Who keeps trying to come at you. Who do you think is the sympathetic? Not even sympathetic, but who looks like the strong person at that point, right? Hmm. Yeah. And then you wait for the moment and you punch him in the balls. Right? Or or kick him between kick him in the giblets. Right? Or just hang him with hang him with his COVID policies. And that's what I mean. So yeah. you wait, you wait, you wait, and then you kick him straight in the giblets. Because that, that's how you handle a bully, by the way. Just so right. people know, it's not throw down with your own fists. It's you kick kick that bully in the balls and watch him respond. Chances are he's going down to his knees and he's going to leave your ass alone from there on out. That, that, that's how you do that. Just so you know. For all the parents out there, teach your son, don't use the fists, Use the leg, split the uprights, and walk away. One kick. That's, good. <laughs> That's how you deal with a bully. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, you let that bully know that, by the way, I'm not just going to throw down with you. I'm going straight for the gusto. You want to play games? Find out, right? That's how you deal with a bully. You want to play stupid games? Let's find out. It's just that simple. 
Now, having all, said all that, I, I think we need to maybe move on from Ron DeSantis and kicking uh, Donald Tr- Trump in the giblets and all that. But again, to, to your point, the kicking in the giblets is <clears throat> COVID. Yeah. Because, again, the weak spot there is what, Pat? It's not just that he trusted Fauci because, hey, look, you have to trust somebody, right? Right. But and, he surrendered his presidency. Right. That So it's the surrendering of the presidency and it's his continued get the jab. Right. Jab harder, jabs forever. There's so much around that COVID situation when you compare the two responses responses yeah now with that being said pat um maybe it's time for us to play the b or not the b sure all right today's headline pat if you are ready msnbc drools over hypothetical john fetterman presidential run msnbc drools over hypothetical john fetterman presidential run while you're thinking about that, folks, if you are wondering what to get somebody for Christmas or you're hosting Thanksgiving, everybody knows the best way to pick me up after all of that turkey and food and all that wonderful goodness is to get some coffee in you, right? You don't want to be that person falling asleep and being drawn on by the by the uh, the nieces and nephews or grandkids, right? You don't want to be that person. So how do you avoid that? You go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. That's right, coffeebrandcoffee.com. Get yourself some amazing flavored, unflavored coffee, small batch roasted, literally roasted for your packaging. And if you check out coffeebrandcoffee.com, at checkout, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKING for 5% off of your purchase. Now, okay, if you're like Pat, you can't do coffee, you're Mormon, um, you can do hot chocolate. You can do the teas. There's a lot of stuff there. Again, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout for 5% off. Again, coffeebrandcoffee.com, the official coffee of critical thinkers. All right, speaking of that, Pat, do you need the headline one more time? Yeah, one more time. MSNBC drools over a hypothetical John Fetterman presidential run. Is this the B or not the B? I really feel like only MSNBC would do this because for whatever reason, they seem to be obsessed with mentally impaired candidates, politicians, as of the last two plus years. So I'm going to go with not the B on this one. Good instincts. We win $100 of Dominic Izzo's money. Straight cash, homie. And believe it or not, I've got your receipts right here, Pat. And by receipts, I mean um, actual video evidence of MSNBC drooling over John Fetterman. And by the way, the actual headline is the libs over at MSNBC are seriously out here drooling over hypothetical John Fetterman presidential run. And we are officially living in a simulation. But yes, no, seriously, this happened on MSNBC. Fetterman as a nominee at some point for president, um, I know there's some variables, obviously, <laughs> but just a few. <laughs> just a few. But I just, you know, it, it, what he did in the in the super red, deep red parts of Pennsylvania and the way that he ran ahead of Biden, as you were saying, ran ahead of Trump. I mean, it just makes it makes you wonder about his future. Yeah, I do wonder about his future, his future of living. OK, first of all. If 
I, and I said this on Twitter last night too. If we're going to look at the Pennsylvania race for just two seconds, the reason why John Fetterman won is because that is how bad Mehmet Oz was. If you're going to put up a freaking guy that's more or less a vegetable, how bad is the other guy? It's and not it's just not even- that too, Pat. I think it's a lot to do with the early voting in, in all of these things. And I'm telling you right now right. that in this generation that we have where everything has to be on demand, when I want it, fits my life, everything has convenience, quote unquote, to it, right? right. Everything's got to be super easy, super convenient. I am telling you right now, how do you fix the election? How do you fix the problems that exist in a, a in an Arizona, in a Pennsylvania, right? Right. It, there are two options. One, you do what Florida does in terms of early votes. Every day when they come in at 7 a.m. that next day, they're fed into the machine and you get to track your vote, by the way. There's a way for you to track your vote, okay? So that you know whether or not your vote has counted. Okay? So you can understand that. Great. Okay, so there's the solution, right? Either you allow early voting and this happens, or, and this is exactly what I believe we should be doing, there's no early voting. Everybody, it's a national holiday. Everybody votes on election day, and those results are counted on election day. There are no excuses for you not to be able to vote, right? Well, it'll work. Nope. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Nobody works. Nobody works. Not to mention um, this whole thing in Pennsylvania, by the way, mm-hmm. also just shows how much they did not trust the GOP in this case, and that being Mehmet Oz. Oh, yeah. Right? And we talked about that before. They, they, right? they did not. They do not trust him. I mean, the, there are reasons why John Fetterman won, and it has really not much to do with John Fetterman. Yeah, they don't trust that Mehmet Oz would, would actually represent the GOP. I understand all that, but my point that I'm getting to is really simple. Those that early voted, right? Right. If they would have seen John Fetterman on that debate stage, how many of them changed their votes? Oh. Enough, maybe? Enough, maybe. Or we just have a baked in the cake the society. Now, I'm not saying that you know you don't have absentee ballots or any of those things. What I am saying is that, no, you don't get to early vote just for your convenience anymore. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Well, what about grocery stores? What about this? What about that? Okay, everything is closed down until your polls are closed. Right? Then you can open up your bars, your restaurants, your whatever afterwards. There you go. Or more importantly, guess what? Your employees at those um, places that are functioning for society or whatever... <clears throat> they all have the opportunity to vote before they go into to work. There are no excuses. None. And why do I believe that early voting is bad? It's because of this. It's because how many people really were paying attention? Oh, it's a Democrat. I'm going to vote for that. But how many people were paying attention to who John Fetterman was and more importantly, what his condition was and is? Well, especially if you, if you <clears throat> could be swayed you know, to one side or the other, you know, being more that independent, unaffiliated type voter. If you can be swayed on, on one side more than the other, you don't vote early because th- there could be a lot of things that come out between that then and then now. And, and I've and, heard, and, well, and, early voting, 
why should I, if I already have my mind made up, why should I not be able to vote? If you have your mind made up, then I'm sorry, your delayed gratification comes. I don't understand that. Right. I really don't. Now, um, let's go ahead and get into um, the second part of today's show. We talked about uh, boyhood not being a mental disorder. And I think this is a vitally important um, aspect of or an under talked about, but vitally important aspect, Pat. And I'm going to throw this over to you because you had brought this to my attention. So I kind of mm-hmm. want to hear um, your thoughts when it comes to boyhood not being a mental disorder. Right. Uh, and, and honestly, I don't know that this just applies to boyhood. This could apply to childhood and to even daughterhood as well. Or, or, or girlhood or whatever you want to call it. You know, I, I, I think this could, this could apply across the board. Um, you know, I, Matt Walsh has boys. So, I, I mean, I think that that's, that's where this comes from. So, <clears throat> um, he, he starts off by talking about ADHD, how ADHD medication is dangerous, how his boys don't have it, even though I think, you know, People could perceive young boys, especially as as having ADHD anymore. It's one of those, and my mom has even said this too, being in, in a, a pharmacy technician position, that that is something that is way over prescribed, um, and you know, and, and it's not necessary. Um, so, uh, I want to just read an excerpt from this. So that's. So he starts off, uh, he's like, so that's what I did. I ran around the house with him. We wrestled and had a pillow fight, did piggyback rides. We played his favorite game, which involves standing on the coffee table and jumping onto my chest, cracking my ribs and puncturing my lungs in the process. I barely survived, but he had fun. He went to bed tired and actually fell asleep. Obviously, we need to teach our boys to be obedient and respectful, and we really need to teach them to calm down and be quiet sometimes. But boys also need to be boys. I'm afraid they're rarely given the opportunity these days. They're always being told no, stop, calm down, be quiet, sit still. We treat their boyhood like something they that needs to be treated or fixed like a malignant growth of some kind. We, we have literally made boyhood into a mental illness and why? Because we need them to fit into the systems we have in place. We need them to go with our with our flow, our pace, and our, on our schedule. A boy's personality, his whole way of being is an obstacle in our path. We have to harangue him, stifle him, drug him, and we've made him complaint. Compliant. Yep. Compliant, sorry. Excuse me. Uh. I think we're ruining our sons this way. We're robbing the we're robbing them of themselves. It's the worst kind of selfishness, the worst kind of narrow-mindedness. The problem is us, not them. We are the ones who need to change. If there is room in our schools, in our homes, in our cultures for boys who act like boys, then our schools and homes and our culture, not our boys, are sick. If we have established a system that cannot handle half of the kids who are fed into it, 
then the system is broken. Tear the system down. Leave the boys alone. Yeah, and I think from this perspective, Pat, and I've talked about this at least a half a dozen times on the show. This is kind of along the vein of the experts believe humanity is perfectible. Right? Mm. How do we, you know, I've talked about this documentary at least a half a dozen times, right? The the one where they, they talk about, you know, trying to crossbreed humans with chimpanzees, right? And now they're, they've moved into the realm of attempting to use pigs and other animals as organ harvesting for humanity, right? Like if I, I could go own a pig and grow a new set of lungs or a new whatever, and then I don't have to worry about being on the transplant list anymore. I say what? Right? This is not the same as that. I'm not saying that, but what we, what this is in the same vein that there is a, a set perspective and this is how everybody has to act. Everybody must do this. Everybody must fit into this box or that box or this bubble or that bubble. And yes, I'm even talking about transing the kids. How do we get to where we are with that in our culture? It is, you have to fit into the box of, if you don't fit into the other boxes, you must be this, right? No, no. I just happen to like, again, they they accuse those of us who don't want to do these things to these children, right, of of being in a binary. Yet, do you notice, Pat, how they say that you you, you can't fit into that box, but you don't fit into the box that society has given you, right? Who, which one of us, by the way, Pat, which one of us, of the two sides of this this argument? Is the one saying that only boys can play with with trucks and and Legos and girls can only play with dolls? Um, I don't say that. I you want to play with adult. trucks and and dolls and whatever? Have at it, Hoss. You want to learn how to cook at the age of five as a boy? Who says that's not masculine? Um that that's an artful skill to learn. By the way, at a young age. So what I'm pointing out is they're the very thing that they project to us, right? They're right. telling us that there's a there's a societal norm and they don't fit into that societal norm. Who says that? It ain't me. I'll tell um, you that much. I, I mean, look at it this way. Because I, I agree with Matt, there, there, there needs to be a balance, right? You have to teach them obedience. You have to teach them. They, they do have to sit still at times. You do have to teach them certain things, right? right. There's a difference between that right. and what they're doing with ADHD medication and ADD right. diagnoses. Right. Rambunctiousness in a 8-year-old or 10-year-old boy or 13-year-old boy, by the way, mm. is natural and normal. There are yes. varying degrees of that. Now, there are people who do need that medication, by the way. There are people who can benefit from it. There are people who have not just scatterbrain, but their thoughts are actually jumbled. And once you get into the psychological portion of ADHD, the people who really do have ADHD, okay, mm. 
that medication helps them to actually focus thoughts and focus energy. They could still do those things. But I I can tell you, having grown up with a brother who had a ADD diagnosis, the medication was worse for him than dealing with the scatterbrain thoughts or the, the hyperactivity. It, it slowed other aspects of his life. Mm. And, and you have to look at it from a holistic perspective. But again, I look at this from, from the lens of why are we trying to perfect humanity? What, why? Humanity it, is imperfectible. Can we understand ourselves better and mm. attempt to help us live more healthy lives? Yes, we can. That is God's will being done. There is a difference between God's will being done and deciding you get to play God. And that is what a lot of these people believe, because I'm going to play God. God, in in that perspective, right? God mm-hmm. believes that, or I'm replacing God with society, right? We're going to say that all kids must be obedient, sitting still, never having a personality, blah, 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 blah. You got to fit into the box, right? No, you don't. In fact, I would highly encourage every single kid to be able to explore all of their interests and understand which ones they really like, which ones they don't. That's why I can't stand parents who shove their kids into travel this and travel that and this sport and that sport because they're living out their glory days. My kid, look, I was a pretty decent soccer player, right? If my kids don't want to play soccer, if I ever had kids, so be it. If they wanted to be an amazing author, and they wanted to sit in their room and read books all the time and be creative that direction, have at it, right? Who am I to stop you from well, that? Yeah, and what, what you're talking about is actually what I was going to bring up next is, is this idea of why do we have to medicate our kids? Why not focus that energy instead? Right, and, 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 like, and again, I want to be clear on this, Pat. There mm-hmm. are people who have real issues that need this assistance, right. okay? We can, right. but for the, all of human history, this is something that we've been dealing with, right? Right. For all of humankind, this is not a brand new phenomenon, right? We just I mean, have a we have a sickness of perfection, and that's what I, mean, I really loved about the company that I worked for prior to going in here, because one of our things was don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, and what does that mean? We don't need to perfect our product as long as the product that we are putting out is good we can work towards perfection or betterment of the product as we put it out right we can put new versions out we can look at what we're doing and blah 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 but don't don't stifle yourself don't don't take a project that should be three weeks and make it six weeks because you need to perfect it no if is is it is it good is it a great idea and you've been able to to work out the major kinks, great, let's go, right? And then let's iterate. Let's go ahead and take a look at those things. You've got the basics, the fundamentals, the foundation, and some of the accoutrement, great, let's go. So, I mean, I I look at my nieces and nephews in this, and – you know, you, you could make make the the whole ADHD argument for for young kids and stuff like that because they're 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 wild, they're crazy, they're all over the place, they're doing stuff. Here's the thing, though. 
teaching teaching kids discipline, teaching them how to focus that energy, teaching them um, like and, and getting that energy out. By the way, like putting them in sports if they're into sports. By the way, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe they are into cooking or sewing or some kind of arts or, dance you, you, or you skating find that or, outlet yeah. uh-huh. right you find that outlet and then as you find that outlet you'll, you'll find that hey they're using that energy they're focused on something they're interested in something they're developing skills they're using that energy in a very positive way and yet we, we tend to stifle that in our society because it's not convenient for us then why the hell did you become a parent Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not supposed to be convenient. It yeah, can be and, fun and, if you let it. And we talk about you know the the empty nest syndrome that we see. A lot of parents end up getting mm-hmm. divorced after the kids leave. It's largely because why they have done the right thing and focused their energy on their kids and and building a family, and less so right. on themselves. They've become less selfish and more selfless. And then all of a sudden it's now, who are we? What am I? Because I've taken that back seat. Now that's a, a that's a, a totally unhealthy situation because you should be able to balance these things out. But balance is important, and that's the point. Yeah. Teacher, kid, teacher, rambunctious kid. That there are times, there are places in which that is not proper. Right? You can do that, but you'll also find if you encourage that. Cr- creativity that outlet that they like or find a way to and we talked about this in in education period and good educators find ways to do what pat uh they they find ways to to help their kids learn in in a fun way i guess i yeah they they find a way to understand how the children Mm -hmm. learn and Mm -hmm. attempt to because you can't obviously personalize education on a public school level. You can't really do that, right? Or in that right. type of a classroom setting. But what you can do is find ways in that lesson. Like if that lesson's a week long, right? You can find ways over the course of the five days to reach groups of people in different – one of them might – you might need to be more interactive and then it clicks. The others you might need to do a quiz or a test and it's going to click. The others you got to give them homework. Um, you know, whatever it is, right? But you find ways to affect how they learn and click with how they learn. That's the trick of educators, good educators. There's not a lot of them, by the way. I'm not not disparaging Ashley. I'm just saying. Sure, sure. No, I get it. I get, it. I get what you're doing. I, there are a lot of them that just pigeonhole their students into you to their way of of wanting to learn or their way of teaching a lesson or think like me or else, right? There's so many of those types of educators out there. The good ones, they inspire you to learn. They don't even inspire you about the subject necessarily, but they inspire you to learn and they figure out how you learn and then turn around and find ways to lesson plan that. And our society is so focused on those boxes, right? You got to fit into this box or that box or this box. And if you don't fit into the first two boxes, that means you automatically fit into this third box and trains the kids. Mm. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, by the way. If you don't fit in into those nice, neat boxes that you, by the way, you, not me, not most parents, 
Most parents are actually highly encouraging of their children to find a passion, to find anything. Mm. Okay? But there are some societal norms. There are some things that we shouldn't encourage. Finding that balance, right? And that's what I love about this. Boyhood or even girlhood or, or childhood, if you want to put it even further, is not a mental disorder. Being a rambunctious child does not mean you've got that. And this has been going on for 30 years, Pat. That our medical profession, that our society would rather medicate the, the child than have to actually figure out how to parent, actually figure out how to educate, actually figure out how to, to channel the energy, as you put it. A great, you know, I, I look at it this way. I'm not smart in math, but my brother despite his his ADD and all that other stuff, he was two or three years ahead of me in math. And he's two years behind me in school. Smart as shit, right? Smart right. as shit. But sometimes couldn't focus. There was a difference between the two of us and that was okay. My parents parented us different. I never looked back and said, oh, crying out loud, if I, if I tried that, I would... I couldn't have gotten away with it. You're right. I couldn't have gotten away with it because my parents had different expectations of who I was as an individual versus who my brother was. My right. brother was much more free range. And that's because he needed that. I needed the focus and discipline. I needed to be able to have that self-starting drive, but also have the discipline and, and the, the functionality of life. That's not what my brother needed. Right. And so we look at these things. If we if we only put people into the boxes, this is how you get the problems that we have with ADHD. This is how you get these other problems. This is how you get to transing the kids. If you don't fit into X, Y, Z, you've got to be trans. That that's the gender ideology of today. No, you don't. You're a tomboy. You're or or you're a little more on the the, the feminine side of the scale as a as a man. So what? I said feminine, not effeminate. There's a difference between the two, by the way. So what? Does that matter? No, it shouldn't matter. You're the one foisting norms on me and everybody else. Now, are there things that are more masculine than feminine? Yes. Are either of them wrong? No. Is it more likely that a boy tends to be masculine? Yes. Is it more likely that a, that a woman becomes more feminine? Yes. But that is a function of our chemistry, our biology, all of those things. It's also a little bit sociology. But let's encourage creativity. Let's encourage individuality. Let's encourage and understand that you can't just box everybody in. And think that humanity is perfectible by drugs or by, you know, societal pressure or whatever have you, right? We can't do that by lopping off your tits and bits, as I like to say. Mm. Does that perfect you? No, it turns out it doesn't, right? Turns out, by and large, you still have all the problems that you had before. Because why? You're, you're taking a biological approach to something that's purely chemical what 
body dysmorphia in general, right, is a chemical imbalance in the brain. And I'm not saying that that uh, that trans people have body dysmorphia. Some of them do, not a lot of them. The point of the matter is that they're two similar ideas in terms of I don't like my body. How do I deal with it? My my brain chemistry is off. So there are techniques and things that you can do to help with that, right? There are lots of things. There are sometimes medications that you can take that can help you. But those are the extremes, not the not the those should be the extremes, not the immediate go-to answer. The immediate go-to answer of oh you're, you oh you know what you you don't like to wear jeans and and cut off t-shirts as a boy. Guess what? Um stop your puberty. Wait, what? No, that's not the answer. The answer is maybe a society should take a look at itself. If we are attempting to perfect humanity, we're doing it wrong. If we are attempting to understand humanity and know, like for instance, cancer, right? Is that an attempt to perfect humanity? No, not necessarily. It's an understanding of what is happening to us as human beings. And then understanding that this is a this is something that is fighting our humanity. Okay, then great. Let's go ahead and deal with that, right? Or AIDS or viruses or whatever, right? These are not God's design necessarily for us. These are invaders to God's design. So we can treat those, those invaders. That's not perfecting humanity. That's understanding being a human and how we can stay whole as human beings. There's a difference between that, Pat, in deciding that we're going to grow lungs. We're going to basically grow a second human being, uh, a replacement for ourselves. And that, no, no, that's not how this works. That's not how you, you abused alcohol, right? Or you, you, you gave yourself kidney disease or you smoked for 40 years and you gave yourself lung disease and, and you need a new. So no, you don't get to do that to yourself and then just replace whatever parts you want. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You don't get to perfect nor abuse yourself and then turn yourself over to science and everything is good, great, grand, wonderful, golden. That's also not how this works. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And today for Andrew's birthday, his actual birthday. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you get you get two things today. Oh no. The first one is a T-shirt that says November tenth, nineteen eighty-one, a day that w- which will live in infamy. Okay. Okay. Your second gift is is forty-one ass kickings or ass beatings, I should say, by Lindsey Graham. You are a dirty son of a bitch. (laughs) Also, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all your meals today. (laughs) And Matthew 547.